This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but I do want to—I do want to touch on the defense, Scott. Um, Connor Clifton's playing phenomenal. Hampus Lindholm is playing really good. Charlie McAvoy is still getting his reps in, but he—he seems to be um, right about there. Um, one of the newer goal scorers on the season—he was the 19th goal scorer on the season, different goal scorer on the season—was uh, Jacob Zaboro. and um, you know, it's. On the one hand, it's uh, it's great to see him score his first initial goal. Um, I believe it was a game winner too. On the other hand, it's like it's kind of alarming. It's like holy shit, he was drafted seven years ago and he's just scoring his first NHL goal. Now there are reasons for that, um, injuries and others. But he's I'd have to look up his stats right now, but I'm sure he's played. He's probably played what at least close to 100 games in his career, right? No, it's like 50 something. I looked up. I Is looked up really? last night. Game, I think. I think last night was 54. So Sunday night was 55. Oh wow! So he's, and I mean that's a, that's an alarming stat too. He's been in the he's been in the system for seven years. Wow. Again, I know injuries, 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 but it hasn't all been injuries. Anyway, um, good for Jacob Zaboro, Scott. Right? Yeah, and and you know. Certainly hasn't been the smoothest start to the season for him. He's been inconsistent. He's been in and out of the lineup. He even said Saturday night that he didn't he didn't think he deserved the good the goal that night. He didn't think he had played his best game, and and he hadn't. Like he had struggled a bit in that game too. Um, yeah, I mean, he's probably going to be the he's probably going to be a healthy scratch once Fulbert returns. It, it's you know, there had been some hope and, you know, even I felt like there was a chance he was ready to establish himself as an everyday player, push some of these guys ahead of him, you know, maybe even push for a top four role if his season went well enough. Uh, and, you know, especially like you go back that that first preseason game where he was really good. And I think Montgomery had some sort of comment around that time that he had like he had been one of their best players just in training camp in general. And, you know, just it hasn't really lasted. Like maybe that was just, uh, I don't know, a lot of excitement coming back from the ACL, uh, you know, adrenaline kind of carrying him or whatever, but it really hasn't carried over into the regular season. Um, but yeah, obviously good to see him get his first goal still. And, you know, maybe it does give him some confidence. Like who knows? Like they things, you know, that can, that can 
it, it can't hurt that that's all but um yeah it you want to see more from him and you haven't yet maybe if he gets some conditioning time you know sits down for a few games once forbert's back in whatever three weeks or so uh you know maybe next time he has to Coming to the lineup later in the season because you know that time will come. Maybe he's in a better place then, but so far it feels like he's kind of he's sort of just there as a sixth defenseman. Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest. Like, good for him for the goal, but I don't love his game. Uh, never really have. You know, I watch him, and there's a, you know, you know when somebody says that somebody has a motor, like this this kid's a good player. He's got a motor. I interpret a motor not necessarily as as skating speed, but more so like are they are they revved up when they're on the ice? So they are they constantly like kind of giving it their all, like they're just they're ready to go through a wall. Connor and Clifton, Connor Clifton, but like when I look at the Bruins back end, there are three guys in my opinion that have a motor, and that's Clifton, Lindholm, and McAvoy. Like when they're on the ice. Their skating speed aside, like they just they don't fucking stop moving. Like they're constantly, like they just their heads are on a swivel. They're they're constantly, constantly in the play. Um, but when you watch somebody like Zaboral, he doesn't have a motor. Now he's a good technical skater, but he has no motor. He kind of just he watches the game, he's reactionary. The only time he makes plays on pucks is when he knows he has to, right? Like if the punk's dump, if the puck is dumped in his corner, like unless you want to be a viral tweet, you can't not go after it. But even then, it's like it, you know, it's looking over the shoulder, it's trying to find the right angle to not get plastered and all that stuff. Um, you know, Brandon Carlos kind of the same way. Like he, he relies on angles, he relies on his size, his 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 reach. It's like. So, these guys need some of these guys need to get a motor. Um, but I, I like Carlo as a player better than Zaboro because he because of he's a different type of player and you need that. Uh, so I don't mean to lump Carlo into this conversation despite his lack of motor on that penalty kill at the Bruins. <laughs> where, yeah, that, that was a rough read. That was brutal. Like, what are you doing? I mean, he was literally he was literally like you know, uh, towed to the to the forward in front of him, like in the neutral zone. It's like, dude, you can. You could smell what he had for breakfast, like back off. Like, like you should be a little bit behind him. I don't know what the hell that was. Uh anyway. I, I've noticed the Bruins penalty kill. Like I, I've seen that at times, and especially when you're not to like go, you know, full media harder, but when you're up on level nine, you can like really notice it. They start like really far up and do give some space behind them. And usually they're back in time and it's not an issue but like there's been a few times where like i've watched where where the defensemen are as the other team like retrieves the puck and turns up ice and it's like man like if they got if they get like the angle slightly off like there there's a breakaway opportunity with a good enough pass here and again it hadn't really burned them until sunday night it obviously did and that you know when it's quinn hughes making the pass and jt miller and his speed on the other end like that's the kind of combination that can do it. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, I'll take your word for the uh, the overhead view, but <laughs> but yeah, no, it's definitely uh, 
yeah, you can you can see that you can see that when they do the replays on on television and stuff and whatnot. Um, they're definitely they're gapped up too much uh, and, and whatever. I mean, like, yeah, certain defensemen can get away with it because they're better skaters. But and it was just it, it was almost it was almost like Carlo didn't even know Miller was there. I don't think he did. I mean, which is like, you know, what are you watching out there? Um, so yeah. Uh, good for Zaboral, no motor. Get a motor, bud. Uh, as far as Carlo, let's stick with him for a second. Um, what do you? How, how do you feel about him right now? Just because I'm seeing, I'm seeing some of his. He's not playing very confident, and what we see when he doesn't play with confidence, he can be a frustrating player to watch because he has so much size and and potential, but. Um, you know, I don't know. You you watch you watch Connor Clifton. You watch their minutes, right? Like it, it's 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 showing in their minutes played. The top three minute minute um, men tonight for the Bruins defense was was McAvoy and Lindholm separated separated by a couple of seconds, I think, within a minute. And then Connor Clifton was like four minutes behind them. But the next closest guy was, you know, a minute or so after him. But um, it it's the top three guys now for the Bruins are McAvoy, Lindholm, and Clifton, and. You know, Carlos, like, it's like, you know, if you want the Bruins to, to play to their ceiling, even if Carlos on the third pair, you just need him to be more of a force out there. And he just seems too easy to play against. That's, I guess, the best way I can describe it. He doesn't seem to be a threat to any opposing forwards in, in any really sort of way. Yeah, I think before uh, losing track of JT Miller tonight, I, I actually thought he was playing pretty well the last few games. And, you know, it's never like I've given up on ever expecting anything flashy or, or much in transition or on offense from Carlo. But I thought he was just making smart, calm plays defensively. Uh, he was he was ending plays. I think he was making smart first passes. Um, but that's kind of that's sort of the bare minimum. Like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of starting to just view him as, as a third parent guy to your point, like Clifton has clearly passed him on the depth chart. Um, you know, we'll see if that continues or how long it continues, but like you said, it, it's reflected in their minutes. I mean, Clifton's playing like two to three minutes more a night and or sometimes even more than that and, and doing more with it. You know, I think um, Carlos defensive numbers. So I don't have them updated through Sunday night, but uh, when I was looking this up the other day, like they're still really good. I think he, le- he leads all defensemen on the team in terms of goals against per 60 when he's on the ice in terms of expected goals against. So he's not giving up, a, you know, he's the Bruins aren't giving up a lot of chances when he's on the ice. And, and that's in part of credit to him, but he's also not contributing anything at the other end. Like he, there's just no offense. So the defense almost has to be perfect because if he starts making mistakes, if he loses track of JT Miller, like it's going to get noticed. And then he starts to, then he could potentially be start to become a negative because you know, other guys can maybe give something up at the defensive end and then they can make up for it by doing something offensively. And, you know, McAvoy, Lindholm, Grizzly, even Clifton, they can all do that. And I just don't think Carlo can. So it's like his defense better be perfect or very close to it because there's not much else he's going to bring that's going to, you know, atone for any defensive mistakes. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, I think back to his rookie his rookie season when he was partnered with Chara, and the Bruins weren't a great team that year. I think they snuck into the playoffs, but it was, you know, it was right after they um, had missed the playoffs for a couple of years, I think by like a total of three points between two seasons. But my point is, on a lesser team as a rookie, you could you could see you could see his potential and his ceiling. Um and I just feel like he just he just never got there again. Uh and with the exception of the 2019 playoff run, like I remember that that series against the Blue Jackets, like that play, uh, I think it may have been game five before the Pashnak go-ahead goal, eventual game winner, where he, like, closed in on Panarin and just kind of, like, one-on-one battle, just took the puck from him and moved it. It's like, that's what, that's all you want to see out of Carlo. I don't want him to be Scott Stevens out there. Uh, that's not that's not who he is as a player. But, like, I do want to see him just, like, I want to see him challenge guys and, and, and make his presence known out there, be a tight checker. And I know it was a penalty kill situation. It wasn't five-on-five coverage. But I just – it was – that was kind of um, – it was just a microcosm of him just chasing the play. And I just, you know, keep, keep the game in front of you as a defenseman. And, uh, but we talked about it last episode. If this defense core is totally healthy, like I, I think I mentioned how I, I'd prefer McAvoy and Lindholm to be split up. Um, except for circumstances where you kind of need to go all out. And so who, who are the deep partners that help help those guys, reach their ceilings. And, you know, I think Grizzly and McAvoy with their familiarity, then fine. And then like Clifton's skating and, 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 and transition helps Lindholm too. Um, as opposed to Carlo with, with Lindholm with that said, and I feel like you kind of echo that same, that same preference. But um, with that said, like if, if they did keep Clifton in the top four, along with Grizzly, McAvoy and Lindholm, um, are you a little concerned that, when Forbert came back, comes back, and it's him and Carlo, that there's just not enough transition in that deep pair? Or is it one of those things where it's like, keep it simple, stupid, and just focus on being a, a shutdown defense pair with a combined wingspan of like 20 feet? You know what I mean? Yeah, I I wonder if they'll if they'll try that where that's just, they're the parent that gets all the D-zone shifts, you know, gets whatever takes matchups with with top lines and, and kind of takes their bumps in their own zone. But hey, just keep it out of the net. Like that, that's it. You know, we're not expecting much offensively. You kind of just get buried, like the Bruins have done in the past with that third pairings. Like if you think back, um, well, even like Clifton Forbar, like they kind of took that on at times. Kevin Miller and whoever they would have that role. Um, I don't think that's ideal. And I don't think that really jives with like how Jim Montgomery wants to play. Like, I think he'd really prefer to have all three pairings be able to be able to move. And so I kind of wonder if maybe the better option is 
put Lindholm and McAvoy together and then have, you know, and you can line them up however you want on the chart, but go back to Fulbright and Clifton, which has had success, and then Grizzly Carlo. And, you know, whichever one of those you want to call the second pairing or the third pairing, my hunch is Fulbright Clifton's going to get more minutes, but um, I wonder if that ends up being the, the best option in the end because I do worry about Forbort, uh, Carlo together. I, I just don't think there's uh, really enough foot speed there. And Lindholm Carlo together hasn't really clicked. Like Lindholm has clearly been better with Clifton than Carlo. So I don't know if I'd love the idea of going back to that either. No, I agree with you. I, I don't like the combination of Lindholm and Carlo either. Um, my only thing about McAvoy and Lindholm together is like, if you're an opposing team, you're an opposing coach, you're an opposing you know forward group. Like when you play the Boston Bruins, if 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 you're stepping out on the ice and you know every two out of three shifts, one of McAvoy and or Lindholm was out there, it's just really t- it's just it's just really tough to play against. And I hate to have to load load up that top D pair because of you know, just your, your bottom four, not having that perfect comp. I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I, I'm not really sure. It's, I, it's a good problem to have. And, and in today's NHL, there, there's always tinkering based on matchups and who's playing better. And is it a playoff series or is it a regular season, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but if it was a playoff series, situationally, I would put Lindholm and McAvoy together, but I would, in, in in the in in general five on five flow of play, I would like to throw out one of them each. You know, every two two out of every three shifts. Um, but that's just me. It just it would just. But it does it does. But then it does beg the it does beg the question. All right, do you do you play Carlo with Lindholm to keep Clifton and Forbert together and kind of lessen Lindholm's D pair? Um. Or do you put Carlo and Forbert together and have a slower D pair? Unfortunately, what's the common theme here? Who's the one fucking it up? It's Carlo's presence. He just hasn't, you know, he's got to kind of, he's got to step it up. I can't say well, it any other way. It, you know, someone tweeted at me uh, the other day when I was talking about like all the cap gymnastics of Forbert going on long-term IR and, you know, when McAvoy is activated. And someone tweeted like, uh, something along the lines of like they should try to trade Carlo. Like that should be the essentially this the the cap move. And their take was someone would want him. And my response was not entirely sure of that. Like he has a lot of years left. He's making four point one million a year, and he has an injury history. So it's you know it's not the worst idea in the world. Like if you could actually get something for him, if his value was as high as it was probably a few years ago, I'm just not sure it is. Like, I, I don't know that there's going to be a line of teams sitting there wanting to to take on that contract. Um, so I don't see it. I, I don't think that's really in the Bruins plans either, but you know, I would say like if, if that value was out there where someone actually wanted to give you something for him, like it would be worth considering. I just don't think that's the situation. I just don't think his values that high at not even close right now. Well, I agree with you. Um, 
I'll say this. If there's a deal to be made and it makes sense, I I would I would strongly consider that. I would I would think about it. Um, you know, you do you would be able to would you miss his presence? Yeah. I mean he does he look, I, this is not me coming down to the player at all. Like he, he 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 does he does bring a lot to that back end. Um, but if the Bruins really do want to have a deep uh, a decor with a, mo- a puck mover on every on every defense unit, if you did move on from Carlo, like you know, obviously, you know, like a Riley or a Borrell or somebody who's capable of puck moving would be able to slide in there. But um, you know, you you mentioned I don't think there would be a line of teams there. I don't think there would be necessarily either. But all it takes is one. Um, you know, would, would a Seattle Kraken look for? Uh, a middle uh, a middle aged veteran uh, top four defense guy would could is Arizona looking for a new a new uh, a new frat member um, you know it all takes is one right so I would entertain it but you know because we know how how much of a grind the playoffs are um, I, I I like a guy like Carla back there because he brings he does bring size he does bring um, good analytics defensively, and he is, you know, he he does generally keep guys to the outside. Um, but I just want to see uh, when the playoffs do come around. Hopefully, he has a little bit more of an, uh, a little bit more of an edge to his game, and 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 um, you know knows who he knows who he is a little bit more. Than he, right, he seems a little bit lost right now, and and that you know that's normal over the course of the season. But I'm not down on the player. I just you know I just think he he can he can bring a little bit more at certain points. Um, did you have anything else, Scott? No, uh, we don't have time for, for full, uh, fashion corner here, but I just want to say that the, the Sabres all white reverse retros awful, just terrible. Mm. No, no, no one should wear white pants. No white pants, white gloves, but then they go with the blue helmets. Uh, it's just like, you know, if you're going to do that, go all white. Um, Seattle debuted their, uh, their reverse retros tonight and uh they look like those you know how you, you know the traditional candy canes where you know it's red and white mm-hmm. but then you know you, you go to a farm around christmas time and they have like all different color candy canes it, it looks like a teal and blue candy cane um didn't hate them honestly but it was a little bit too much going on but as far as buffalo goes scott i think they're actually going to debut the um their alternates in the next couple of days which is the um straight up it's just their their black and red Buffalo Sabres jerseys for, that we all know and love from the '90s. I don't think there's any tinkering to it. I just think it's the new jersey type, but it's not. It's the so those will be those will be great. Um, they're gonna go from like the worst jersey you've ever seen to a really sharp one. So I look forward to that. Um, hopefully their hopefully their their t- their PR team knows what days they're wearing their jerseys, unlike the Bruins. But yeah, I think you'll I think you'll get to see the Bruins reverse retros again. I, I believe it's the Chicago game is the I think that's what Saturday. I think that's the next one actually on the schedule that they don't just decide willy-nilly to go out on go out wearing them in warm-ups for. Yeah, they um they're wearing them against the Blackhawks on the 19th and I'm I'm pretty sure they they wear them like I don't know. I, I, they're wearing them like five more times this year. I feel like they're all in the next like couple of weeks. So they're gonna there's gonna yeah. be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of poo on the ice. Uh, yeah, they're all before the end of the end of the calendar year because then they'll have whatever you know. We're still waiting on the Winter Classic jerseys, but then they'll have those for the second half. Oh yeah, and I think they said what November November 29th they're gonna debut that. 
right after. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah, uh, abbreviated fashion segment. Um, we'll 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 have an extended one at some point later, probably later next week or something like that on something. Um, but Scott, if you're all set, I think we're good to wrap this up, right? All good. All right, thank you guys for listening, and we will talk soon. I, Scott, you're gonna have a. We don't know yet, but you'll probably have a player interview at some point this week too, correct? I believe so. Okay, so subscribe to the podcast, and you'll get that notification ding the second it drops. But Scott will be talking to a Bruins player this week, and we'll drop that as well. So thank you for listening, and we will talk soon.